So welcome. Um, we're here this evening for Finance Committee meeting on Wednesday, February 1st at 7 o'clock. And uh, I'm going to call the meeting to order. Um, we have everyone in attendance, so we're off to a great start. Before we move into the agenda, I wanted to just make note, um, because I, I don't think we've talked about it since we've sort of reconvened, if you will, for our busy season, that at the top of every meeting agenda, you will see um, a note that the meeting's being recorded, I, um, and there's a notation about the primary and alternate for the minutes. And so the intent for that is that once Ellen gets the minutes done, she will send it to whoever the primary is for a review of the minutes. If the primary person was not in attendance, then it will go to the alternate. So, um, and she'll be rotating that through um, as we go through our meetings. So you can just kind of keep an eye on that at the beginning of every meeting so that when your name comes up, you can be um, uh, you know, prepared for the fact that the, the meeting minutes will come your way for a review um, prior to them going out to the full committee. So, and I particularly want to make sure that um, any new members are aware of that. So with that, um, you know, our business this evening really is to get started on the warrant, um, which was voted by the select board. Um, I'm losing track of my days here. Last night, I believe, at the select board meeting, and I'm going to turn it over to Randy to start to walk us through that. We will also then review some of the budget requests um, and hopefully actually take some votes so that as we uh, start working our way through, we will... Um, you know, make our way through the warrant and hopefully leave to, you know, get some of the, um, I don't want to say easier, but perhaps less complex items um, out of the way at this stage of the game. Uh, Randy, you want to take us to the uh, 2023 warrant as voted by the select board yesterday? Yes, Madam Chair. So um, here we've got uh, 23 pages of the warrant. It's in still in draft form. Um, there's probably still going to be some language changes uh, that, that council will make, but um, the articles are set. Uh, and um, the good news, I think, for us is that it's a manageable number of articles. Um, it's uh, 31, if uh, memory serves. So um, manageable number, uh, at least from my perspective. <laughs> um, so what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to speak in depth about the articles. This is really just to give the committee an overview of, uh, of what's coming. Um, and uh, many of these are standing warrant articles and then there are some new ones. Um, if I, if I uh, do have information on some of them, I'll, I'll give a brief snippet of, um, of uh, what the committee uh, needs to be aware of. There's some of them I don't know much about, so um, you can ask your questions, but I won't be able to answer them all. <laughs> so, uh, Obviously, the fir first four items are, are um, standard, like the moderator, Article 1, oops, get rookie back, um, adopt rules to govern the meeting, Article 2, hear reports of committees appointed at prior town meetings, Article 3, and the consent agenda, Article 4. So towards the end of your review of all the articles, um, we'll uh, we'll recommend a, the fincom will recommend a consent uh, agenda and for the new member for um maureen what what that means is that if there are articles that are considered non-controversial 
um, and where no uh, dissent is, is expected, um, then we would put them in an omnibus article here, Article 4, to be voted in, in one vote. And all it takes is one person um, to raise their hand and say they don't want it on the consent agenda at the town meeting and it will be heard separately. But it's a way to keep the, uh, the meeting moving along um, uh, quickly for, uh, for voters. Okay, now we're into the meat of it. Um, Article five is a collective bargaining agreements under the select board. So the only item that I believe is gonna show here um, is there's an item under the police contract uh, that's been uh, settled uh, that there was a, an item, a provision in, in the contract uh, that we didn't have the funding for uh, this year. So uh, we need to bring that forward uh, so it can be brought before the voters um, to uh, ask for funding. And the provision in the police contract uh, that would be looking for funding is a Quinn bill-like provision, which um, uh, many of you probably know the Quinn bill is like an, it's an education incentive uh, for police officers um, that the state used to fund a portion of, and then they phased it out, and then they phased it out completely. And left that on the towns and many towns um, then after it was phased out, uh, didn't offer it automatically uh, to new police officers. So uh, many communities are bringing that back or have been bringing that back over time. So that was something that was bargained for um, and uh, the site board agreed to is to bring that back. Um, so uh, there's a, a funding amount uh, required for that and I believe the number uh, is approximately 76,000 um, associated with that one uh, for FY23. Um, FY24 will carry in, in the budget, um, so it doesn't need to be voted here, but FY23 needs to be, needs to be budgeted. Um, if it doesn't pass, uh, though, which um, I'd be surprised, but if it doesn't pass, um, then you know, the funds in the, in the budget would, would not be needed for FY24. Um, next item is, uh, personal service contracts under the select board. And I don't believe there's anything uh, that's, uh, that's gonna be brought forward as outstanding un under this one. Set salaries of elected officers. I think this committee is very familiar with this one. Um, so uh, the, the, the uh, one item is to um, officially set the salary for the town clerk. And then as you know, to, um, to, to uh, take a vote on uh, compensation for all of the other elected officials. I'll just leave it at that because I know we'll be talking further about that <laughs> at some point. Um, Article 8, pay bills of prior fiscal year. I'm currently not aware of anything, but um, I will start uh, beating the bushes and see what's out there. So that, that would be a good news if we don't have any. Uh, that means everything was submitted timely. And just uh, again, for Maureen's benefit, um, why do we have an article like this? Um, it's, uh, it's a state finance law that you cannot pay a prior year bill with a current year appropriation. So um, just because you have the money in your budget and somebody sent in a bill late, um, it's not allowed to be paid. Uh, it has to go back uh, to a town meeting and there's a high threshold uh, for it to be approved. I believe it's uh, eight tenths, eight tenths vote required in order to approve a, a prior year bill. Um, and at a special town meeting, I believe it's nine tenths. So it's a, it's a very high threshold. So I'm not aware of anything yet and hopefully none. Article nine, again, standing article, 
um, adjust the current year's fiscal 23 accounts if, if um, something is uh, significant and needs adjustment. Um, I'm not aware of anything at this point um, that would uh, would show up here, but I will be um, making inquiry to make sure that I, um, that I'm fully aware. Anything that um, that may uh, cause a, a shortfall in a department's budget. Uh, currently, right now, uh, all of those items could be handled uh, within the reserve fund, which the FinCom manages, or within a uh, an in, uh, a departmental transfer. So I'm not aware of anything significant at this point uh, that that would require that. But I will. I will dig into that and make, make certain. Uh, article 10, again, another standing article, authorize a certain revolving funds. So um, in essence, what primarily happens under this article uh, these days, uh, because it's changed what happens here by state law, um, it's the spending limits out of these various revolving funds um, that are voted uh, at town meeting. Um, and the the revolving funds themselves are now codified in the town's bylaws. That was a change that the state made um, a couple of years back in order to streamline uh, this article at town meeting. So you weren't revoting the same bylaw associated with the revolving fund every year. So if they're in the bylaws, they're in the bylaws. If you want to make a change to what's in the bylaws, you bring it back here in, in a specific motion uh, separate from uh, setting up these uh, spending limits. So um, I am aware of um, uh, one revolving fund uh, that's in the list. Um, it's uh, related to the schools uh, and it's for parking, uh, for, for the parking lot and maintaining the parking lot. And uh, it's interesting that it's actually in this list uh, because it's not required to be in this list. The school department has the full authority to manage that um, under the school committee as they do uh, many other revolving funds that do not show here. So I had conversation uh, with Steve Marshall and um, would like to remove that uh, and move that uh, mm -hmm. over uh, out of this, this article. So it's just managed by directly by the schools because the town really doesn't have any authority over it, given that it's something that just uh, the funds that are collected um, are used to maintain the parking lot. So we'll have further discussion on that um, when we come to so that's the one item that I'm aware of that we we may uh, have a separate motion on besides setting the um, uh, setting the spending limits. Um, insurance proceeds over $100,000. Again, $150,000. Again, another standing article uh, is required by uh, you know, by state law that, that uh, if you collect insurance proceeds for something over $150,000, you, you've got to have that voted at, at town meeting uh, to ensure that it goes to where it's supposed to go. I, I am, I thought I was aware of something, a uh, new event that might have happened at one of the school buildings. Uh, I'm not Chris crystal on that, but um, I will be uh, asking Steve if there's something going on there that, um, that uh, raises to, to this level. Um, like we had last year with uh, one of the water water break at the at the Galvin, um, so I'll double check on that one. Except uh, general or session laws enacted by the general court, uh, there may be some items that are brought up here, but I'm not aware of any. However, in reviewing uh, the articles, I, I I did see two other um, uh, general laws looking to be accepted under their own articles. Uh, so I'm not sure why they're they're not under this article, but they're not. They're in, in separate articles. Uh, but this is where the town has the has the ability to uh, accept um, 
uh, general accession laws uh, enacted by uh, the general court. Again, a standing article. Um, article 13, appropriation to supplement the Commonwealth's Chapter 90 program, which is the roads program, uh, monies that the, the state doles out to cities and towns to upkeep their roads. Um, I think as uh, the uh, veterans on this committee know that um, those funds have remained relatively flat, modest increases, whereas the cost of maintaining roads uh, has gone up exponentially. So not keeping up with the cost of maintaining roads. Um, there, there is some history uh, here in Canton where um, the town has actually put forward funds uh, to supplement the program in order to try to um, catch up or, or, or keep pace. And in discussions with um, the town administrator and DPW superintendent, um, and we're in agreement that we would like to put something forward here uh, as a match to the chapter 90 funding, which I believe is expected to be about 740,000. Um, would be a good thing for the community to allow the, allow the DPW to uh, make a little bit more progress than they typically allowed to. And if by doing that, by making funds available under this article, separate from the chapter 90 funds and making them available immediately, that would allow uh, the superintendent to get ahead of the scheduling rather than having to wait until we have funds in July to try to get on a schedule where uh, the competition is, is pretty heavy as you can imagine all across the region. So there's two advantages to doing a supplemental Funding, you know, one is to uh, make more progress on, on road improvement, and second is to get ahead on the schedule. Um, you know, which means this is high, highly likely that we'll, um, you know, be able to get get ahead of some other towns getting some work done. Um, so the funding source that would be recommended here would be uh, from free cash, which, um, as you may recall, uh, we're currently sitting at about five point eight million dollars above the fifteen percent targeted. Uh, threshold uh, for for reserves, so um, uh, certainly a, a good use um, of the funds uh, from a community perspective. But you will be the judge of that. Uh, article fourteen, uh, community recognition supplemental funding. Again, it's a standing article, but I believe this uh, was addressed last year, so I don't I don't think there's anything coming forward this year on that. Article fifteen, uh, the omnibus capital outlay program. Uh, so I know um, the CPC is uh, hard at work reviewing capital requests at this point. Uh, the only note that I would make on this is that um, because of you know what we've experienced over the last year and a half, two years with regards to price escalation and the unpredictability of prices, um, and when you know we, we get a quote during the capital process, and then when it comes time to actually uh, you know, procure the item if it's after it's been approved, uh, the price has escalated and, and we're short. So we've been doing a lot of that over the last year, trying to uh, fund shortfalls because of um, spiking prices. So the recommendation um, that uh, we've come up with, you know, as um, you know, uh, as the, the department heads and working with the, the town administrator, um, is to have a motion under this article uh, that has a contingency amount in it um, that you know could be used for uh, any of the um, of, of the capital items that get approved uh, under this article. 
um, you know, school or town, either side. And uh, so the amount that we've come up with at this point that we, we think is reasonable um, as a contingency uh, is 250,000. And when we get into it, we can get into the details of, you know, how that would be administered, et cetera. So obviously, um, you know, if, if there's several projects that are competing for that, we need to have a process for that. So we'll talk about, talk about what that process is. You know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking it's, you would want the CPC to weigh in. You'd want um, uh, probably the, uh, the, the select board town administrator, uh, you know, to weigh in on that. And, and your committee may want to weigh in, but you know, a, a managed process but not something that's uh, going to slow things down. But I think we we do need a relief valve based on what we've seen to date. Um, and if the, and if we don't use it, um, you know, it can drop out the free cash. Um, approval of funding for the annual Fourth of July community celebration. So it's another standing article, thirty-five thousand dollars. And again, it's uh, typically made available immediately, so the funds uh, can be used um, uh, to. Uh, procure whatever needs to be procured prior to July 4th, which is obviously right around the beginning of the fiscal year. Uh, recommendations of the Community Preservation Committee. So um, I think as most committee members know, um, the uh, CPCC um, isn't uh, taking uh, formal applications for this particular town meeting, but, um, but they're taking preliminary applications and, um, you know, will be um, we'll have uh, basically two years worth of funds at the next town meeting, uh, you know, May of 24, uh, to um, uh, to uh, dole out to projects. However, what does need to happen, and so we will see motions under this uh, article, uh, are uh, three things. Uh, one is is that um, because there is work that is going on there, uh, we need a motion to uh, fund the administrative expenses uh, out of the CPA revenues. Uh, we need um, the uh, motion to allocate 10% uh, into, into the three uh, funding buckets that are required to be funded. Um, so that's something that needs to be done regardless of whether there's any appropriations out of them. Uh, and then the third thing is, is that um, there is a, uh, a standing commitment by the CPCC to fund the debt service on the acquisition of the, uh, the nine acres, the Revere property. Uh, so the debt service on that does need to be paid, and this is the funding uh, source for that. So uh, I believe we'll see three motions uh, on that, and we will, um, you will uh, meet with, um, I believe, the, the co-chairs of the, the committee uh, to discuss those um, uh, when it's time. Um, appropriation increase, a special uh, education reserve account. Again, another standing article. Um, uh, I, I know there's a uh, there's a need here on, on the school side. I'm not sure what the exact amount is yet, but I think it it may be in the $500,000 range, which is traditional of where it's been in the past. Might be plus or minus. Um, and again, the source for that would be uh, free cash. Um, uh, Article 19, appropriation to increase the stabilization account. Um, here again, I'm going to recommend for the second year in a row that uh, we appropriate a million dollars into this uh, into this account. Um, uh, with the intent that it would buy down the debt or the, the cost of the Galvin uh, middle school project, you know, which is going to be um, a, 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 large, um, a large debt obligation for the town. Um, and so uh, it's appropriate for us to do what we can to try to squirrel away some funds to buy down the debt 
which would minimize the impact to taxpayers when it comes time to, to do that. So, uh, so again, I'm recommending that we, we do that. And since we do have the, the funds within the, the reserve fund to do that. Article 20, uh, 27 Neponsa Street land acquisition. I don't know if you recall, uh, there were, um, it was an article, I believe it was last year uh, for, um, for uh, the town owned property that abuts this uh, to be um, allowed to be uh, auctioned off so that uh, somebody might be able to build a home on it. Um, and the, the select board is committed to developing more parking for the downtown. Um, so there, so we're not auctioning that off. The intent is to develop parking out of that parcel that abuts this parcel. This parcel now um, is available for sale um, and there's work underway right now to uh, determine what the appropriate price is so we could put those two parcels together and develop um, uh, some more uh, parking for the downtown. Uh, so more to come on that one. Article 21, acquire permanent and temporary easements over 72 Pleasant Circle and 64 Oak Road for drainage infrastructure improvements. Uh, I apologize, but I am not in the loop on this one. <laughs> but I'll be paying attention when it's brought forward. Um, Article 22, acquire right-of-way takings and permanent or temporary water easements for Revere Court Bridge and water replacement mm -hmm. improvements. Same comment. <laughs> uh, appropriation, Article 23, appropriation of proceeds from the TNC per ride assessment funds. So these are funds that the state sends uh, to cities and towns annually uh, that they've collected um, as in essence fees or taxes off the Uber and Lyft ride services. So uh, we, we will have um, two years of, of funding uh, from um, the TNC per ride assessment. Uh, which uh, has to be appropriated. It's, it's in a special account, has to be appropriated at town meeting for uh, specific purposes. Uh, so I know our interim town planner, uh, G. Manning, uh, is working with the appropriate parties to come up with the, um, uh, the uses for these funds. And I believe it's approximately, if I'm remembering, somewhere in the $14,000 neighborhood or something like that. So, um, so these uh, uses will likely be um, uh, discuss with planning board and the select board, and then would come forward here to, to FinCom uh, also. Um, let's see, Article 24, amend general bylaw articles, section, four, uh, Article 14, section 39, regulations of dogs. And to me, this just looks like um, update to maybe the fee schedule. Maybe there's something else here, but that's what it looks like to me. Uh, next is, Article 25, are, accept provisions of the BRAVE Act for tax exemption for veterans. So this looks to be an expansion of tax exemptions for veterans. Article 26, accept MGL chapter 41, section 110A, town clerk Saturday hours. So again, this is something that I referenced that I thought I might see it under the, you know, accept, uh, you know, uh, uh, state statutes, but uh, this is showing up as its own as its own article. Article twenty seven: Sustainability, Climate Action, and Related Activities. So the town's looking to make some progress in this space, um, and you will be hearing more uh, from the proponents on this on Article twenty seven. And I believe Article twenty eight is a similar article. And if I'm remembering correctly, I believe this may be a citizen's petition to try to accomplish the same thing. 
uh, formation of a sustainability action planning steering committee and initial steps for the creation of a sustainability action plan. So um, uh, I'm sure there'll be more, more dialogue uh, in front of the select board and your committee on both of these articles. Um, my assumption is that uh, likely, you know, one of them will uh, hopefully be deemed, uh, you know, the, the the one to go with. But you'll you will see that play out and and be the judge of that yourselves. Uh, yeah. So it looks like it was submitted by uh, Tom Birmingham, as you know, is doing great work for the town and 51 others. Article 29. Uh, I think this is the only zoning bylaw. Uh, article uh, in this warrant, uh, amend uh, section 3.1.4, table of use regulations. It's like big tables. <laughs> Been a lot in the newspaper lately. <laughs> yes, yes, which is they're required to do that by law. Uh, that's kind of expensive. Um, article 30. Uh, amend general bylaws to add new article uh, 26, short-term rental of residential property. Uh, another important piece of work that I know uh, interim uh, town planner Gene Manning has been working on with various parties. Uh, so making good progress uh, on this article. So this should be an interesting one for sure. Like the, it's the Airbnb regulates sort of the Air, Airbnb uh, type activity in the town of which there is definitely some. And there's a revenue opportunity there too. And last but not least, Article 31, appropriate funds uh, to meet the expenses for the next fiscal year. So we all know what's, what's gonna go down with that. <laughs> a lot of presentation, a lot of discussion, ultimately a recommendation. So that is, that is the warrant uh, that was uh, adopted last night by the select boards uh, being given a, a final polish by town council. Uh, and then we'll be um, posted in all the appropriate places. Oops. It's going back to the beginning. So, any, any questions and comments? Questions, uh, I might give them. If not, then perhaps we move on to the next agenda item, which is to, um, um, uh, to discuss and vote uh, the following FY24 municipal budget request. Um, the uh, finance committee um, uh, budget and, and the reserve fund. Um, so I apologize, I don't have those two up in front of me. But I do know that um, uh, traditionally th those budgets um, have been uh, have been level funded for the last few years. Uh, so the, the finance committee budget is um, bear with me. It's about twelve thousand five hundred. I can find it. I think we got those last week. Uh, I was just trying to pull from my last week's agenda email. Right. Yeah, it's twelve. Uh, it's twelve five, Randy. Yep. So it includes the salary for um, for our minute taker. Um, any expenses that the committee might have, including you know attending uh, Association of Town Finance Committee meetings uh, and the dues 
and then the other expenses the committee might have. And then the, the reserve well, fund. Can, uh, you give me per permission to share my screen. I've got it here to just pull it up perhaps before. Ex excellent. All right, let me do that. Uh, let's see, let me stop my share and make you co-host. And you are now co-host. All right, let's see if I find the right document on my, the bigger the monitor, the more clutter you get on it. <laughs> um, so what we have here is the document that was distributed last, oh, that might be a little too big, <laughs> um, that was distributed last week. That is the finance committee budget. Um, and I think, um, I guess maybe to just check and see if there are any questions or discussion, but it seems like we would it would be reasonable for us to take a vote on this this evening. So um, if we have a motion to um, approve the finance committee budget request, um, item 131 for a total of um, 12,000, Five hundred and eighty. <laughs> I'm trying to see it well enough here. Five thousand five hundred even. Okay. So uh, second Sorry. Tim's motion. <laughs> Any discussion? All in favor? Uh, Randy, do you want to call the roll call? Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. All right, unanimous, uh, Madam Chair, 800, I believe. One, two, three, four. And Maureen, I know it might seem a little tedious um, because we're doing our meetings virtually, we have to do a roll call vote for all votes including to adjourn. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so then that would take us to the next item, which is the reserve fund. And I think that, um, let's see if that one comes up as easily. Uh, reserve, nope, that's not it. Um, the reserve fund, you had a recommendation for us, um, Randy. Yes, 600,000, uh, which is uh, what it's been for the last couple of years. Seems to be a, a, a appropriate uh, reserve or contingency, as it were, um, you know, for a hundred nine million dollar budget. I would move a six hundred thousand reserve fund. Second. Any discussion? All right, so we'll move forward with the vote. Randy. Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Unanimous 800, Madam Chair. All right. Um, so that brings us on to a whole list of budget requests that I think, Randy, you've got some things to share with us that we can begin yes, to work I, through to see. 
see whether we might be able to move some of these along as well. Sure. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. So, uh, so I've got about I think 19 different budgets. These are the ones that um, I'm responsible for. Um, so the first one is uh, for my department, uh, Director of Finance, and the uh, increases uh, that I'm requesting here uh, above the base budget is um, uh, $35 on the meetings, meeting expense line, uh, because that's uh, what I'm currently spending on, um, on meetings. And on the other employee benefits, which for me, uh, it's a reimbursement of my life insurance. Um, my contract allows for $2,500. Um, and uh, this year, come July 1st, I will complete 20 years on my um, term life policy and be starting a new one. And uh, unfortunately, the price is going up well above $2,500. But uh, so I'm going to looking to exercise um, the full amount that's under my contract. And just for reference, if you have your budget book, we are in section seven. Thank you. That's me. If, if you like, I can go through them all and however you want to proceed, Madam Chair. So um, I'm going to give people a pause if anybody needs some additional time to review this one or whether we can move forward with a motion um, for the FY 2024. Uh, request for item 133, Director of Finance. I'm good. I'm good. Me too. Yep. I can I make a motion, a motion if you'd like. Yep. I move, right ahead, we, <laughs> I, I move that we approve the budget request for item 133 as, uh, as we can read on the screen. Second. Any discussion? Hearing none, uh, Randy, the roll call. Yes, Madam Chair. Uh, Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Okay, unanimous, Madam Chair, 800. All right, so that would bring us to the next item, which is principal payments for general fund principal debt service for FY24. And that item is under tab 18. Oh, thank you. So um, this is the, the summary uh, budget page here. So um, the overwhelming majority of the items on here are the continuing debt service obligations uh, that that we already have, um, with the addition of um, at the bottom um, the new FY23 issues, uh, the debt service, the principal debt service associated with that, and um, so just to uh, uh, to be clear, so the town uh, just issued uh, sold bonds uh, on um, on the 23rd of January. Uh, for uh, got a rate of 3.07%, which is pretty good in this market. Um, and the select board last night voted to um, uh, to accept the low bid. And so now we're dotting E's and crossing, uh, yeah, dotting E's, dotting I's and crossing T's with uh, with bond council 
and uh, we're expecting a closing date on February 8th where uh, the town will be funded um, with uh, just over $12 million uh, for all of these issues. And so the um, uh, so now I know what the debt service is going to be for these new issues, um, and it's slightly less than what you're seeing here. Uh, so when I prepared this budget um, back, uh, oh wow, coming up on two months ago, um, uh, I was assuming a 4% interest rate, uh, we got 3.07. So the two numbers at the bottom, 500,950 and 16,000 are slightly less than that. So I'm not gonna ask you to vote on that until I've actually refreshed, um, refreshed the schedule for that. So you can vote on an accurate number, but it will be less um, principal and interest. It's less by about 44,000 uh, for, for this year. This is the um, issue and by issue and purpose by purpose pages that you also have in your, uh, in your binders. Again, this is principal for general fund debt. Oops. And this page here um, shows you all of the issues that we just borrowed for uh, or the items we just borrowed for. Uh, so we borrowed uh, to fund 11,938,000 um, and uh, we'll actually only be paying back um, a less a million a million uh, less than that because of the premium that we got, uh, which allows us to pay a more attractive interest rate for four and five percent. Um, but still the net to us is 3.07 because we're not paying back this full amount. Um, so the amounts that I'm highlighting here on this page uh, are the principal amounts that you saw on the previous page, 500,950 for the items inside the levy and 16,000 for the excluded portion. And again, those numbers are, are gonna be slightly less and this is the schedule I'm going to update. Um, but just for your edification, I think it's important uh, to uh, to let you know what we just borrowed for. Um, so the big item here um, is uh, for district improvements, uh, the Plymouth rubber site. So as you recall, for the last uh, eight plus years, uh, there's been a tremendous amount of work going on um, over at the, what's now known as the Revere site. Um, and the developer is in substantial completion uh, of uh, Canton Holdings of, of the work there and under the agreement um, they're entitled to um, 6597000 which is the amount that was negotiated way back when, eight years ago. And uh, from my perspective, it's a pretty darn good deal. Um, so, uh, so that is the major portion of you know, what we just borrowed for. And as you'll see later down at the one of the last pages, budgets that I'll show you, is that the funding source for this debt service um, is uh, the DIF fund uh, that we've been um, seeding with um, the taxes from uh, the condos over at the Revere site. That's the way the agreement works, is that those incremental tax revenues uh, would ultimately build up and we would build a, a sinking fund to cover the entirety of the debt service uh, for, uh, for this project. So it's uh, just under 6.6 .6 million in principle and uh, there'll be about, um, uh, 2.8 million dollars in interest, or about you know 9.9.2 million dollars. Ultimately, that we will fill up this diff or sinking fund to fund the debt service. And once we're done doing that, which I'm estimating will be in about uh, by the end of fiscal 29, then all of the tax revenues from 
the Revere site would then be allowed for other general fund purposes. And I believe at that point in time, it should be around you know, $2 million. But in the meantime, uh, it's gonna be funding uh, the debt service. So from funds that we've already accumulated. Um, I hope that's clear. Uh, the, the other items that we just borrowed for uh, were again, capital items that were approved uh, previously, uh, replaced network switches townwide, 235,000. Uh, the uh, roof replacement, HVAC, HVAC replacements over at um, the library, and this is for the design piece of it. Sidewalk tractor uh, and attachments, 274,000. Ten-wheel truck and plow, 307,000. And ventilators of the JFK school, 250,000. Um, and the St. Gerard's uh, piece here was an amount that we had, in, if you'll recall, veteran members that we had included as part of the um, bond authorization for the acquisition of the St. Gerard's property to go towards um, all kinds of ancillary expenses. Um, and so uh, I did not bond that initially with the amount that we bonded to pay for the property because of waiting for those expenses to start to accumulate. And now they're starting to accumulate. And so now we've got the funds uh, uh, to, to pay that. Um, and I'm just, since you'll see this page several times, I'll just, uh, finish with it. So then there were three other items that we bonded for uh, through the water enterprise, um, a supplement to the uh, water main replacement at the Elm Green Lodge in Dedham Streets for 500,000. We initially borrowed what we thought we needed. We had an authorization for more and even more than this, uh, but now it's time in the project to borrow for the, the next 500,000 that we needed. Um, and then also the, uh, the storage tank, the water asset management program, Again, we only borrowed initially for what uh, what we needed, um, and then there was 275,000 left on this authorization to tap when it, when we needed those funds. And, and again, uh, that project uh, is now ripe to uh, to access those funds, uh, so we can use those to, to pay for the the maintenance expenses uh, that we're incurring. Um, and then the 3.1 million dollars, the largest item, is for water mains replaced, uh, being replaced at Randolph Street, Old Randolph Street. Uh, and, and Bolivar Street. So water enterprise um, uh, principal, uh, 3,875,000. And you can see the, the costs down here, total first year debt service, 362,500. But again, there's savings there as well. So those numbers are gonna be less um, by about um, uh, 13, 14,000 or so. So I will be updating the schedule and the water debt service. Any questions on what we just borrowed for? Um, I see Emilio's got his hand up. I'm sorry. Um, Randy, uh, just as a question regarding the terms of the, the debts, uh, the loans, the bonds, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, mm -hmm. I was noticing on the inside levy, the amount to bonds that are basically of similar amounts, but have very different terms in, in terms of years from five ranging to 20. Is there a methodology mm -hmm. to how we borrow those in terms of the term? Yes, it's um, first off, um, you can only borrow for terms that are permissible under Mass General Law. Um, and second is you try to match the terms with the, um, the useful, expected use of life uh, of the asset. Right. Thank you, Randy. Sure. Randy, I was wondering if you could go back to the previous, the, fir the original, the first page that you showed us. Uh, Oops, sorry. There we go. Oh, there we go. Could you just clarify to me what it means and I, when it says excluded issue? 
So ex excluded, it means that's part of um, uh, an ex excluded debt uh, that was authorized at the ballot box by the voters. So uh, excluded debt issues are those that the that the voters authorized to be taxed over and above, um, you know, prop two and a half levels. So they 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 agreed that they would pay an incremental tax in this case here for um, the St. Gerard's uh, purchase. Thank you. Totally made sense when you said that. I just wasn't getting the context. So yeah, yes, funk, funky terms uh, that the DOR has. <laughs> More tax. Any other questions or discussions on this? So we're not gonna vote this tonight, but hopefully when you come back to us with the updated numbers, we'll be in a position to just move it forward, um, given that you've mm -hmm. done a pretty thorough review for us this evening. Any questions? All right, do you wanna move on to 751, which yep, is long-term interest? Yes, it's uh, oh, no, the sorry, companion. Yeah. No, you had it. 751 long-term interest payments. Um, it's the companion to the principal payments. Um, so this is the interest that's associated with uh, the repayment of all that principal. Uh, and, and again, it's just the all of the existing debt uh, that the town has outstanding um, and the next year's payments, you know, which um, which for the existing issues, you know, the interest drops because we're amortizing the debt, um, but it's also the interest uh, on the um, on the new issues as well, which I've got the exact same schedules here, listing out every item uh, that this is all the existing projects and issues and interest, which ties back to that schedule. And this is the same sheet we just talked about before, but in this case here, I'm just highlighting the interest column. And again, these numbers here uh, will be reduced slightly um, when I bring this back to you probably next week. And is that also the case for 752 or is that not going to change short term? 752 is not going to change uh, because we've got, uh, I'm not anticipating doing any short term uh, borrowings. Okay. So we don't need to take a vote on that then, I assume? Um, you, you, why don't we say that we could wrap that into something else that you may want to take a vote on? Okay. <laughs> so that moves us to cherry sheets at date 20. 20. Right. So, um, so uh, here, cherry sheet assessments. So typically what is brought forward to this committee at this point in time um, is what's reflected on the governor's proposed uh, state aid and assessment budget. Um, we do have a new governor, as you all know, and a first term governor um, is given an extra five weeks to put forward their uh, proposed budget. So normally we would have had these numbers last week and usually they're great numbers, they're good numbers to go with, um, uh, but, uh, but we won't have these now for another month. Um, so I would recommend holding on this one as well uh, until we see uh, what the governor drops out as, um, as her budget. And usually those numbers uh, we typically go with the governor's proposal because typ typically those are the numbers that hold up. Um, there is some slight fluctuation with charter school assessment given, the, given their process, but it's not something that typically disrupts our, our budgeting because usually there's other slight variations as it moves through its eight inning process at the legislature and we typically wind up at the same place. 
but so this one can be these are just my uh, estimates here based on the trends that I've seen, um, but I don't recommend voting on it until we see what the governor drops out. All right, so moving along, are there any others? So that's in a holding pattern is the county tax cherry sheet, something we can look at, or is that does that have any variability coming forward? It's the, it's the exact same thing. Uh, we see, we, we would see this as part of the, the state aid uh, proposed budget. Um, so this is yet to be dropped out either. So we're, we're waiting on this one too. All I've done here is I've given, looked at the historical trends and, and made an estimate at this point. So you probably want to hold on this one too. Okay. And then next on the list is Blue Hills Regional Assessment. Blue Hills Regional. So again, I'm uh, waiting for um, a final number from Blue Hills. Um, so we're all going through this process at the same time. They're waiting on um, some numbers themselves. Uh, they're they're close, um, but uh, I, again, I've just made made an, an estimate here: five percent. Um, you know, it may be maybe higher than that, maybe lower. So I don't recommend voting on this. But um, obviously, you can see the trend here. It's it's going to be in this range, but uh, probably won't be exactly this number. It'll be something different. So maybe just looking down this list, do you want to take us to the next item that perhaps is actionable? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm expecting that the fee structure for Norfolk County is going to be the same. They're typically late in the process with what they send us. And given that they just went up dramatically with their fees last year, I'm not anticipating them to go up again, even though they reserve the right to do so. Um, but I'm not anticipating an increase given how dramatic it went up last year. And that's a per student uh, fee um, that's uh, that's assessed and then we get one bill um, uh, late in the fiscal year uh, to pay. So we haven't received the bill for for this fiscal year, but it's um, likely it's based on number of students uh, and a and a, a fee that's now about forty five hundred dollars per. Um, so I'm not not expecting that bill for a few months, but not expecting an increase in this budget either. I'll be surprised and disappointed. So um, this is based on a projection of the number of students who are, we expect will go there next year. Correct. Is that correct? Okay. So um, I guess the question would be, are we, uh, this is a pretty straightforward item. So I'm wondering if we um, are ready that we might be able to vote um, item 841. Uh, $50,000 uh, for Norfolk Agricultural School, Norfolk County Agricultural High School. I move that the Finance Committee recommend $50,000 uh, under 841 Norfolk County Agriculture in the budget report for the fiscal year 2024 operating budget. And if I could, Madam Chair, um, maybe uh, Department 752, which was the short-term interest uh, budget of zero. Okay, and, uh, and you want to add that, Emilio? <laughs> yep. And uh, it was 752, Randy? Yes. Okay. And Department 752, short-term interest in the amount of $0 for the budget report for fiscal year 2024 operating budget. Do we have a second? Second. Um, any discussion? Hearing none, Randy, do you want to call the roll call? Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. 
Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Okay, unanimous, 800, Madam Chair. So the next would be um, 9-11 retirement benefits, Norfolk County assessment. Yes, and this assessment has been received. They're on top of their game. Um, and so this is the number, uh, should we pay it on July 1st, which we typically do because we save about a quarter of a million dollars by doing that as opposed to paying it in, in two payments. Uh, so the uh, number in total, uh, because we still pay one disability pension to a former uh, former Canton em employee on our own, uh, but the total budget uh, is seven million three hundred twenty-three thousand three hundred sixty-eight dollars. And I just want to make a, a quick note on this one here because it's a big number. Um, and what's happening here is uh, the Norfolk County is expected to be fully funded. Uh, our our unfunded liability or the entire unfunded liability for Norfolk County, including Canton, uh, by the end of fiscal twenty-nine. Um, assuming everything hold, is holding to plan and everything, despite the down market that we had last year, um, uh, given the, uh, the, the smoothing approach to recognizing gains uh, the way that they do in a uh, formal actuarial fashion, uh, we are still on track to be fully funded by the end of fiscal um, 29. And so what, uh, as you've heard me say before, the opportunity that will hopefully present to us in fiscal 30 is to redirect an amount that by that time is going to be about the equivalent of this, about $7 million, because this number is going to continue to grow between now and 29. Um, we would have the opportunity to discuss redirecting $7 million towards the OPEB unfunded liability uh, to try to um, make some greater progress there so that we could potentially be fully funded on the OPEB liability by uh, 2040. So plan would be fully funded uh, in our pension assessment by 2030 and fully funded in the OPEB liability by, by 2040. So that's the plan. That's what a lot of my colleagues are talking about. And we've actually reflected that plan in the OPEB actuarial analysis as well. So I would move to approve that and pay it so that we don't get the $500,000 additional expense. 250,000. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> and can I ask another question? What are the three letters after your name? Oh, that's uh, that's I-I-I, meaning the third. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm the third, supposed to a junior or a senior. Awesome. Or well, so I made a motion <laughs> for this, even with you as the I-I-I. <laughs> Second. Any discussion? All in favor? All right, Randy. All right. Call the vote. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Okay. 800, Madam Chair. Excellent. Um, Moving us right along here. Um, so the next item is 
914, and I'm guessing we'll deal with 915 at the same time, perhaps, which is uh, employer share health insurance and employer share life insurance. Correct. Um, so 914 is a budget that I develop. And um, so the two a couple of primary things to, to understand uh, about how these numbers, obviously is another very large budget for the town. Uh, this is what funds um, all the health insurance for active employees, retirees, um, as well as the, the Medicare tax, you know, that's paid to the federal government, that 1.45%, um, and a couple of other a smaller uh, smaller expenses, but the, which I'll, I'll cover. But the, um, the big takeaway here is that um, uh, we're not, uh, I'm not recommending an increase to premiums for the third year in a row here. Uh, and the driving reason for that is that um, our health trust balance um, is still healthy. Uh, so uh, I see no need to do that. Um, and this, again, this will be the third year running for that. Um, and so the, the only thing that's driving the three larger items higher, the second line, uh, uh, MedEx employee share, which is the retiree uh, health insurance, HMO blue employer, I'm sorry, employer share, and then the PPO uh, employer share um, is uh, increase in subscribers. So, so the premium's not going up on those three large items, uh, but the number of subscribers uh, is increasing slightly. Um, the other item uh, at the top is the health insurance opt-out. Uh, there's a, an opt-out provision uh, that's negotiated um, in uh, many of the contracts that allows uh, employees to um, decline the insurance um, and receive uh, a, a small stipend for that. So there's been a, um, a slight uptick uh, in that, and this is the current run rate on that, 96,400. Um, it had been close, close to that in, in 22, but uh, seemed to have come down in 23, and, and but now it's it's ticking back up just a little bit. Um, there's also the the dental health plan in here as well. That's relatively flat. Um, it's just a mixed change. There's fewer family plans, but more uh, individual subscribers. Um, the Medicare uh, employment tax uh, is uh, estimated three and a half percent increase. It's tied to wages. Um, Medicare Part B penalty, uh, which is something that um, it's a legacy cost uh, for the town for uh, retirees who are not um, uh, not eligible for uh, the, the federal uh, program or weren't eligible for it for whatever reasons and the, and the town picks up um, the penalty component of that. But because um, many of uh, these folks are passing away, um, that cost is declining and ultimately will go away um, because it's not it's not something that is covered uh, in, in the future. Everybody's required to sign up for um, Medicare uh, at 65, which avoids the penalty. Uh, and then the last line is um, other charges and expenditures, which covers our OPEB uh, analysis and our health um, health insurance consultants, and that's flat at 20,000. So a uh, grand total, uh, $13,242,449. Oh, and um, you have the worksheet that I, how I get here in, in your books, but it's 
it's pretty pretty simple it's the number of subscribers um, that we have cost per plan no increase town share 75 percent algebra to get to the 11.74 million and then each other bucket is uh is also spelled out here as well uh, and then the other one cindy the, that you were mentioning was 915 which is employee share of life insurance um, and that stays relatively static. Um, so there's no no increase in this budget at 62,250. So it, it seems like it would be okay for us to um, vote these two amounts in one motion? Yes. Okay. So I would move I'm to approve the employer's share health insurance number 914 and also the employer's share for the life insurance number is it 750 no 951 915 950. i think yeah yeah second any discussion all in favor randy yes madam chair uh rookie aye maureen aye tim aye karen aye dan aye dave Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Eight zero zero, Madam Chair. Unanimous. Great. Next so item is, sorry. No, go right ahead. You can keep us rolling. <laughs> Next item is uh, Department 993, uh, the OPEB transfer. As you know, we're committed to uh, funding, uh, contributing to us that unfunded liability. The OPEB, which is for Marine Year benefit, this is um, uh, retiree health benefits, uh, which is uh, a large liability for uh, every community across the country. And just about everybody has a large unfunded liability. There's no requirement to fund it, but if you don't, uh, meaning fund the unfunded component, but if you do not, um, it's, a, uh, you, it's not looked upon uh, well by the rating agencies. So the, the goal here is to uh, make a continued effort to contribute towards um, bringing that liability down. So the town uh, has been on a on a path to add a hundred thousand dollars per year to this commitment. So this current year, we we contributed one million one hundred fifty thousand. Um, next year, the recommendations continue on that path. So a million and a quarter, and um, again, as until we get to a million and a half. Once we get to a million and a half. Um, that's where uh, we would uh, we would plateau in terms of the commitment to this liability with the understanding or the um, the recommendation certainly by me that by 2030 we would redirect uh, the savings in the pension assessment by then would be about seven million dollars in savings to this liability to quickly start to to pay down the entirety of the unfunded liability but this year uh, it's uh, one and a quarter million to fund uh, the OPEB unfunded liability. Do we have a motion? I move that the finance uh, committee recommend uh, depart the for the uh, budget for fiscal operating budget for fiscal year 2024, um, a amount of $1,250,000 to department 993 regarding OPEB transfer. Second. Any discussion? 
Randy, let's take a vote. Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Unanimous. Eight zero zero, Madam Chair. Um, so the, um, if you'd like, given that um, we've had uh, savings, this is more of a debt service that I, uh, I put together the budget for water and sewer and rink. Um, but again, given that uh, we have some savings here based on the issue, uh, these numbers will drop slightly. So uh, if you'd like, we can table, um, table these items, give you a chance to get more familiar with these uh, with the backup for this, and we can bring this up at another meeting for a vote so you have an exact number to vote. Okay. All right, so it's water enterprise, same schedule that you've seen, highlighted in yellow, the water items. I will, um, I will mention, uh, we'll just discuss this item here. So um, as the veteran members know, um, the enterprise funds, which we have three, we have water, sewer, and rink, and uh, we're required by state law to assess each of these enterprise funds, their fair share um, of expenses that can be attributed to them. So uh, specifically um, the health insurance associated with the employees, uh, the pension assessment associated with the employees. Uh, we're allowed to allocate um, overhead for uh, administrative support that these enterprises receive from um, the executive office, uh, the finance offices, HR, legal, IT, uh, and Department of Public Works for water and sewer. So shared employees. And these are agreed upon formulas um, on how to allocate these amounts. Uh, the notes for that, uh, for allocating these uh, indirect costs are on the right. And then uh, additional costs uh, that um, are a, a fair burden for the enterprise funds, which is a share of workers' comp insurance, building and contents insurance, vehicle insurance, uh, retirement buyback, uh, unemployment compensation, and OPEB, um, admitting CCTV. Um, so uh, this is an annual uh, worksheet um, that is used in order to determine what the uh, in Canton, we call it the chargebacks, um, but it's a, it's an allocation of indirect costs to each of the enterprise accounts. So for FY24, um, it, the math works out to 809,769 for water, 391,323 for sewer, and 41,252 for, uh, for rink. Uh, so you'll see the schedule three times in, in uh, two more times than what's left, but um, this is separate from the debt service, but it's something that I allocate out to uh, each of the enterprise accounts. So um, if, you, if you'd like, you could, um, you could vote on this or you could wait until you hear from the respective um, departments and because it's now included in their budgets as well. Do we have a preference on the part of the committee? Do you want to wait until we hear from the departments or move forward with a vote? The departments are going to give us all the same figures, right? Yes. So I would move that we vote on them. We're looking at them now. We've had a chance to review them. 
I agree. I, I, I would move that we move uh, the the enterprise funds for water, rink, and sewer. And so how do we have to move this? Because um, it's separate amounts allocated here. I don't think we have a total across all of them. Do we do we need to do them by by uh, each of the funds? Randy? So I can do you that can if you'd like. Yeah, you could do them in omnibus, each one number for each of the three funds. So the water is right. 809769. Are those the right numbers that I'm reading? Correct. And the sewer is 391323. And the rink is 41,252. Yes. You want those as three different motions? No, they can be the same motion. One so motion for those. Do we have a second? Second. Any discussion? Ready, we'll call the vote. Uh, yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Emilio. Aye. Cindy. Aye. And Dave, you with us? I think I got a, I I just got a message here. He had, he had to step away. So I've got um, uh, 700, Madam Chair. All right, that brings us on, I believe, now to trash collection. Yes. Always a favorite topic. <laughs> yes. So, um, so a couple of components here. Um, the easy ones are the uh, landfill monitoring. Um, that contract is unchanged, 37500 uh, electricity, $2,000 budget, sufficient. Um, I'm actually going to uh, drop down some easy ones first. Um, household hazardous waste day, $31,000. Uh, so, uh, same budget as, as prior year. It's a good number. Uh, and supplies um, at $3,000. Uh, so the big number is in, in the middle here. Uh, trash, the, basically the trash contract with, um, with Republic, uh, the bigger component um, is the trash collection here. Um, and there's a 4% uh, CPI um, that's, uh, that's part of the contract. And so again, this varies by tonnage. Um, so I looked at the current run rate of tonnage um, and applied a 4% increase on that, which got me to a uh, million uh, uh, so it's a higher number that would have uh, then it would have been four percent increase over the 1.515 budget. It's just because we're seeing more tonnage um, being processed by Republic. Um, recycling costs again, I'm recommending as flat. Um, and again, the reason being here is that the prior town administrator renegotiated um, the recycling component. As you recall, um, that was a big risk item for us because the market for recycling had tanked. Um, so. Um, so the prior town administrator uh, negotiated with um, I think it's American Waste, um, where they actually had a um, uh, they would pay for uh, certain recycling items, uh, and again, and the prices would change depending upon the market. So um, uh, if you uh, take a look at uh, what was um, 
the actual expense in FY22, um, we only paid uh, $10,438 for recycling because we were getting credits for you know, what was going uh, uh, to, uh, to American Waste for recycling. Uh, typically that item had been included in the trash and recycling cost, it was combined, uh, but it's broken out here. And uh, so we had a, we weren't sure where the market was gonna go for 23. Uh, so we uh, settled on 151,000 through the first five months, we're at 45,000. So it still looks like a good number. And again, the market goes up and down here. Um, so uh, I, I don't see a need to, to increase that. Um, composting costs, we have a contract, uh, 158,000, so that's static. Um, and then the solid, the disposal by Republic also subject to a contractual 4% increase. Um, and that's a uh, 4% increase on the current budget of 550,000 gets us to 572,000 for a grand total of uh, 2,584,500. And uh, that percentage is gonna be uh, above 4% because of the, uh, the tonnage that we're seeing uh, on the trash line is, um, is higher than, than we've seen in the past. Shocking, Shocking, but I move it. But I move it. <laughs> Second. Any discussion? Any questions? Uh, Randy, is that four four percent a um, fixed rate per annual each year of the contract? Yes. Uh, so this is the second year of a three-year contract uh, with with Republic that that would be going into in twenty four. Thanks. All right, any other discussion before we go to the vote? So Randy, can you call the roll call, the vote? Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Emilio. Aye. Cindy. Aye. And Dave? No. So uh, seven zero zero, Madam Chair. Very good. So and we have one final item, which is transfers. Item nine ninety. Randy, right, I think okay. you missed. Randy, I think you missed me on that boat. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I missed somebody. Tim. Aye. Seven zero zero, Madam Chair. Get that, Ellen. I did. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, so, yes, yeah, the last item uh, that I have, um, and this is something we had talked about previously. Um, this is the amount uh, that we uh, we squirrel away into the DIF fund uh, annually to fund the debt service uh, for uh, now the amount that we've we're in the process of borrowing to pay the developer six million five hundred ninety-seven thousand. Um, so the amount here uh, for this year, 523,440, less than last year, 646,011. Why is that? So here's the running spreadsheet since the beginning of this program. So I'm gonna start in the middle. Uh, so the taxes um, uh, billed and to be collected uh, in fiscal 23 for all of the associated properties, which I have, we have the list in your book and we'll see it here. 
is uh, $724,798. That's the taxes collected from the, uh, the Revere properties. Um, and then we are allowed by the agreement to deduct school costs, which escalated escalate from the uh, opening year by 4% annually. And we get to do the same for town costs, which also escalate 3% annually. So the deducts on this amount here, 724,798 is uh, 347,963 for school costs, 280,602 for town costs, which leaves a net in this case of $96,233. And then we strike the difference between that number, 966,233, which is a positive number, uh, between that and the beginning net tax number, which was a negative number, 427,207. And the difference between those two is 523,440, which I did everything correctly. That's the number that was that's on the budget. Um, and so uh, prior to this, we had uh, $913,890 in this diff fund to pay debt service. I think you saw we're paying, we're, um, we'll have uh, uh, 500 and I think 70,000 uh, that we will pay, uh, we will pull from that fund to pay uh, the debt service starting next year. Uh, but now we're adding another 523,440 to that. So then the support schedule for that is these are all the map and parcels uh, that are associated with um, this development site where taxes are collected. Um, and you can see each one listed here and the amount of taxes that are billed to each. The four shaded lines represent parcels that have now been um, parsed out and sold uh, to different owners. So last year uh, we had uh, 36 new owners uh, at One Revolution Way. We had th 36 new owners at 200 Revere Street. This year we have six, six new owners at 122 Minuteman Way and four different owners at um, one to seven Minuteman Way. Um, I'm gonna go back to the schedule in a second, but I just wanna show you what's in your documents are, and then here are all of the um, individual owners and the taxes uh, assessed on each, for each of those four breakouts um, that you saw. So this is the supporting detail that we're tracking of the, the taxes um, that are being assessed and collected from all these properties that feed into this um, this equation, this 724-797. Now you'll see, uh, I'm waiting for the question on this minus 70,000 here. All right, I think I heard it in somebody's it. mind. <laughs> so, um, so this was an interesting situation. So um, we actually reduced the amount of taxes uh, collected here because the developer, um, uh, according to the agreement, uh, what became no longer responsible for taxes on the barn and the rolling mill um, at different points last year. So I worked closely with um, Carolyn Floyd, our director of assessing um, and the board of assessors and the developer um, to review that agreement and uh, review what had been taxed and the exact dates whereby they were uh, absolved from then now paying the taxes on those per agreement. 
And so the abatement that was granted to Canton Holdings uh, was at $70,000. So that was done um, uh, within, this, uh, within this fiscal year, but last calendar year. But since it's now taxes that we had collected and we had uh, uh, started to accumulate within this fund, but now we gave it back, so we had to deduct it. So that's the primary driver for this um, 724,798 number being less than uh, the taxes from the prior year, 835, 812. Um, uh, and then the other, the, the other difference is, is made up of um, the assessments on those properties um, netted out because of the math, because we had a lower tax rate this year, tax rates went down and the values didn't increase enough to sort of offset that. So you had a, a slight decrease in the, in the tax revenue. So that was the, the algebraic mechanics that, that drove this um, uh, lower number in collected taxes for this year on the development. But, um, uh, but, the, but next year, um, the numbers should probably, will probably continue that at, feeds into this equation will probably continue to be at least 800,000, if not more, uh, as new properties are sold. Um, but but that's, the, that's the gory detail behind this number. So do we have mm -hmm. a motion on I this? Move, this would be to transfer. Go ahead, Amelia. I'm, I move that the finance committee recommend uh, for the budget uh, for fiscal year, operating budget for fiscal year 2024, that we transfer uh, under department 990, $523,440 to the appropriate fund. Second. Any discussion, questions? And just to be clear, that's a transfer to the Plymouth rubber uh, diff fund. Correct. Sinking fund, the funds will stay in there until they are reappropriated at a town meeting to pay just debt service, which is something we will do for the first time this year. No discussion. Um, if we want to call the vote. Yes, Madam Chair. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Emilio. Aye. Cindy. Aye. Dave. Aye. Eight zero zero, Madam Chair. I think I got you this time, Tim. Right. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, All right. So does that's it for those budgets. Great. So the next item on the agenda is a follow-up on the discussion about, thank you, Randy, first for walking us through those and all for the detail. I think when Thanks we don't have patience. a lot of questions, questions and discussion, it's because you give us a lot of information before we take our votes. So um, we you. appreciate the thoroughness. Um, the next item on our agenda is to discuss the subcommittee report and recommendations um, on the elected officials' compensation. And I know um, when we went to our last meeting, you had just really received the document sort of the day before um, and hadn't really had a lot chance to review it. And so my thought for today is that we um, do a couple of things. One is that um, I do not yet have uh, any 
information from town council. Um, my understanding is town council has been quite busy getting the warrant ready for this, the uh, select board to review. And so I expect to, you know, that will come in the next week or two. So um, we don't have an update there. Um, so my thought was that we just do a check-in today to see whether with folks having had more opportunity to review the document, whether there are further questions, discussion items that we want to uh, hit on today, and then perhaps also talking about a date to um, invite any elected officials to join us some point out in the future, but just maybe try to get on the calendar for planning purposes um, to give us any feedback, you know, on, on the, uh, at least the draft or any modifications that we make. So after having a chance to read, review, any comments, suggestions, changes you might recommend? questions? Hey, Cindy, after going back and reviewing it, um, I, I'm, I'm in line, you know, with, with the recommendations. I don't have any issues. I, I would like to just talk briefly, you know, and hopefully you guys will tell me that I'm all wrong, but um, if people have the ability to decline the payment, is it possible that that's going to become a pressure situation for others. You know, if you're on a committee and there's five people and four of them have said I'm declining, like, is it going to be uncomfortable? I guess my question would be, and maybe Randy, you can comment on this, but I would assume that that would not be public information unless a person chose to share it. So the compensation relationship is between the town and the individual. Um, unless somebody shares it um, or were to ask that question in public, <laughs> um, which I wouldn't necessarily, certainly if I was a chair, I wouldn't think was appropriate. Um, but I, I did, Randy, am I correct on that? Um, yeah, I, I could share with you my experience with this uh, from you know my, my prior life uh, in another town where uh, we did have uh, elected officials uh, who for whatever reason, um, you know, declined the compensation uh, that they were, you know, entitled to. Um, and typically the way that um, played out, meaning how they, you know, didn't receive payment is they communicated that to me. Um, and so um, I would instruct uh, the preparer uh, of that particular, um, in, in our town's expense item, um, to you know, to not uh, list though you know those individuals who were declining uh, on the documentation that would go to uh, accounts payable to process. So um, so it was you know it wasn't something that was publicly declared. I never saw anybody publicly declare that. They just did it privately. You know, however, if somebody wanted to dig into the details on you know what was expended. Uh, in a particular budget, you know, and, uh, you know, that they certainly, you know, could uncover that, oh, we, we see that not everybody is is receiving, you know, their, their compensation, but I, I never had anybody request that um, of, of my office. And in, in my prior uh, prior office, I was the, the town accountant and the finance director, so that would have come to me. Um, so I, I never, uh, never received those inquiries. Well, and I suspect that having the option is valuable for a myriad of reasons why someone may need to say, 
you know, I, it could put me into the next tax bracket. It could um, give me trouble with you know, my, my retirement or my disability income or any of those sorts of things. So I, I suspect that having that option is very important. And I'm glad to hear, Randy, that in your prior life, you didn't run into any snafus with it. Mm -hmm. I can see your point, though, Rookie, and I could see, for example, somebody running for re-election and being asked that question. Yes. Um, so, you know, that is certainly one of the risks. Dan? Yeah, um, just want to say nice, nice job on the report. I'm kind of in, I'm I'm in agreement with the direction, but I, I just want to like we, each year we have um, a motion for the stipend, and that was like sixteen thousand two hundred dollars that we vote. And there's been some discussion with us, but it, that kind of gets approved each year. But and then, which was surprising that there was um, there's also a insurance, whether it's health insurance, life insurance, and so forth, that was surprising to me. And um, I was curious why there was no warrant on that. Is there a, any specific reason to that? Randy? Um, currently, there's no uh, elected official uh, that's receiving um, insurance as a result of their status as an elected official. Okay. And, and in addition to that, uh, the funding from that, if, if they were, uh, would be coming out of the um, employee insurance, uh, employer insurance budgets. So I would assume, and I just see if I can double check this stand to, um, this evening, we actually voted um, on the budget for employee, which included retiree insurance. So if there are any current uh, current or retired elected officials receiving any kind of insurance, that would have been embedded in that budget line. Am I correct, Randy? Correct. Okay, but, but somewhat unbeknownst to us, because I think we're thinking that that budget includes is for employees and um, and retired employees right yeah correct I guess I guess it's where there's no one collecting it it's it's, it's not an issue and and if we go forward with this recommendation then there wouldn't be one in the future either I so I, I just want to clarify because there is someone um, taking life insurance very small is what I've been told and retirees, and we don't want to get into numbers because we don't right. want to call out any individuals, but there is some uh, small number of current elected officials slash retired elected officials who are taking retiree health insurance and life insurance. Um, and so, that, you know, again, small amount in the context of the full employee budget, but that is the line item where those show up. And I think the other issue that um, distinction we made is that this was select board policy that was set in 2003. So, uh, so you know, we make, I guess our town gets governed through our select board and its policies as well as through town meeting, but the financial part of it gets, has gotten authorized through the insurance budget. And then that would be great. The recommendation that would be grandfathered. That was, that, that's kind of what our subcommittee is recommending is we yeah. kind of want to, you know, with the, with the exception perhaps of an adjustment in the stipend amount, 
um, on the insurance issues, our our goal, our, I think our recommendation was to really try to, um, you know, hold people harmless and and not to create a situation where somebody's been serving the town for 30 years and was planning that they could get retiree health insurance and now we take it away. We we don't want to do that. So this we would need to set the parameters about what that gra grandfathering would look like. And, and what would be a definition of a retired elected official? Is that so elected officials are elected, right? And then if they didn't get reelected, are they considered retired or? They would have had to serve 10 years um, to be eligible for that. And then I don't know, Randy, at what point they could then take retiree health insurance. Is it any time after that 10 year period or is it like an age? It, it it's it's both uh it's 10 years it's um 65 um you know for to be on the you know the retiree health plan uh obviously so, some people can retire you know prior to 65 um but i don't believe uh ellen can correct me here but i don't believe we have any uh any retired former elected officials on an quote active plan um but it's uh 10 10 years uh, of service and um, uh, traditionally over 65 on the retiree health insurance. But you're still serving a board, is that right? Or, or I guess I'm I'm just I'm, I'm struggling with the retired elected. If the elected official is re retired, is he no longer an elected official? It, that's a possible scenario. Yeah. Okay, so and then he might not have won the, the election, so I don't know if you're tracking with me. But it'd so have to be it have to have 10 years of service. So okay. So I could have served 20 years on the select board and then um decided not to run again. Yeah. And then I hit the age uh age 65, and my understanding is I could then uh, approach the town to take advantage of retiring. I could take advantage of the retiree health insurance um, and the town would pay 75% of the cost of my, my yeah. plan. Okay, I, I understand. I understand. Did that help? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Randy, I'm correct. I, I say I talk it through because it helps me make sure I've got it right in my head, <laughs> so. I believe you got it right. Thank you. Dave? Thank you, Cindy. So I have uh, two questions in regards to the uh, Canton Housing uh, Authority Board. Um, the first question is, you know, why were they excluded from prior warrant articles and not shown on the elected official compensation? And the next one question would be, um, from my understanding, there's one state appointee. Does that state appointee have any claims on um, any of the Canton benefits or OPEB or Norfolk County benefits? So just for the rest of the committee for context, I had shared with the subcommittee that it came to my attention today that when we have our list of elected officials, we have not talked about the housing authority and they do show up on the ballot. <laughs> so from a elected official criteria, they are on the ballot. Um, I think, um, you know, and we may be, Randy and perhaps Ellen, you might have some additional information. Um, I know I learned about what their status is because I know the housing authority is kind of a 
different <laughs> um, kind of type of board than perhaps the school committee. <laughs> um, and I don't know enough about it. And maybe you can help us with that, Randy, or it might be something we need to defer to further discussion. I'm not sure to further further information for future discussion. Unfortunately, I'm not, not going to be much help with that because I'm I'm not uh, informed on that. Ellen, I don't know if you can add any uh, clarity to uh, what's being discussed here. Well, for several years, we had a number of Canton Housing Authority employees on the town's dental insurance. And um, several years back, a decision um, was made by the former finance director that um, effective July 1, I think of 2018, they needed to seek coverage through the state's um, plan as these people are pretty much considered state employees, not town employees. As far as the elected officials go, I don't believe we had any Canton Housing Authority elected officials on our insurances but I'm not sure how they would be considered going forward. So that might be something I add to my list for town council um, to get some clarification on their status because they do, you know, do get elected. They're on our ballot. Um, and, but, and then we have one who is a state appointee. So um, if the committee is comfortable, I'd like to suggest that we defer further discussion on mm -hmm. that so we can do a little bit more research. Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that intro, Ellen. And then Cindy, one more elected official that may not be on that list, and there might even be more, is the Blue Hills Regional School District. Um, and I'm just wondering if that one would be encompassed in this, this study. So I would tell you what my opinion is, but these are the opinions of our committee, not of me as an individual. It seems like it would be... Um, complicated, for example, to, you know, they're actually elected, but they're elected to serve on the Blue Hills Regional Board um, and to have one member because they are from the community of Canton who might get a stipend, but other members of that board aren't eligible for that or maybe eligible for something different because their town has a different policy. Personally, <laughs> my recommendation would be that we, um, that we leave the Blue Hills Regional Board aside, but others may have a different opinion and a different lens and open to discussion on that. But that did um, you know, come up actually in a conversation I had today and that would be my thinking on it, but I, I'm open to what others have to say. Well, I guess the real question is, you know, is the town paying any money to those appointees or officials on Blue Hills? And if we could get that, information I feel like we could make a better decision if it's nothing then you know it's I'm easy to move forward with your suggestion but if there is some compensation I would you know want to look into it a little bit further compensation from the town of Canton to the regional school to to the elected the elected representative the elected official of that right. for that serves Canton um, Madam Chair, if I could, uh, I'm not aware um, that there's payment arrangements uh, for the, from the town of Canton to pay uh, a compensation to an elected official. My understanding would be is that if we did, that would show up on this annual town warrant article. Um, now, whether or not the school itself um, 
has a line item in their budget uh, that, that, that does that. I'm not sure, but maybe um, since uh, I believe we'll have them in again this year, um, maybe that's a question that we could ask them uh, when they present their budget. But that if they do have that there, that is their liability and their responsibility, correct? Correct. Okay. But we okay. could potentially be paying for it indirectly with the contribution we give to them. That's possible. Rookie? Yeah, I, I guess I'm just a little bit confused and I wonder if this is the inequity that, that concerned me. So, you know, personally, I served for 16 years on the school committee and never earned a, a dime. I think that that means that I am not eligible when I retire to ask for retiree health insurance benefits. That is correct, because the way of the select board's policy is, and I'll go back and double check, um, I, I don't have it up right now, but my understanding it was applied to those who receive compensation, not to any elected official. And I'll have to just pull out the 2003. Um, so if that's accurate, and I think that it, it probably is, to me that just underscores the inequity um, and I'm very, very glad that this is being addressed. And I know I'm going to have to dig up. Oh, there we go. 2002, actually. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go back to my emails to pull out the uh, 2003 select board policy. So, And I think our town is really, really lucky that we haven't had a lot more people take advantage of going on um, the health insurance benefits. I think we had some financial exposure that we're now, I mean, we have financial exposure um, that we're now going to address. I agree with grandfathering it, but um, I'm really glad we're looking at this issue. So um, any, I just pulled up the, um, pol the 2003 policy and it does specifically call out um, any, that it's any individual who receives compensation from and who performs elected functions of. So I, I think it is, does have that limitation in it. Emilio? Uh, just a couple of quick uh, thoughts. I mean, regarding to um, the, the housing authority that Dave was referring to, I think we just need to be patient and, and kind of look into that more and, and kind of wait on making any conclusions about that um, as the other member of our subcommittee. But I, um, I think that uh, as we go forward, since we are um, recommending potentially to have more committees, uh, elected officials rather get uh, compensation in our proposal. Uh, we do wanna make sure, like I was um, mentioning last time, that we uh, liaison carefully with select board um, to make sure that as we are moving an article along that assuming the finance committee supports, it may be expanding the number of elected officials that are compensated that they are reviewing the policy 
that allows elected officials to receive the benefits we're asking, uh, recommending be removed. Because otherwise, um, if we did approve all of these new elect these elected officials to receive new compensation, we'd actually be increasing our insurance liabilities because now all of the members who currently don't get paid would get that compensation. So if we actually want to make, make sure that our subcommittee's recommendations um, have their full impact, assuming that the finance committee uh, determines that it's something we want to go forward with in our article, we want to make sure that we liaison to make sure the select board is also on board and working parallel to kind of complete the other side regarding the 2003 health insurance um, policy that they adopted. So one of the questions I had is whether um, we are at a point now where it would be appropriate, and I noticed I think Charlie Duty has perhaps joined us, <laughs> um, but if we are at a point where it might be worth sending um, the draft to the select board, um, I know that uh, we had Lisa Lopez in our meeting last week. Um, she stayed on to listen to our discussion. And also um, I did have a conversation early on with John Connolly, but have not yet connected with the other select board members. Um, and so certainly, you know, just, I think we wanna do this hand in hand with the select board. I agree with you hundred percent, Emilio. And I think our subcommittee's feeling was that this couldn't, we could not go forward with an alternative proposal on the compensation unless the health insurance went away. Um, because we already have, you know, a liability that's substantial. And if we um, compensate more, um, more elected officials, we increase that liability. So the two really have to go hand in hand. So if it's, um, you know, depending on the, the will of the committee, Perhaps with the understanding that this is draft, <laughs> that this is for discussion purposes, that it's time to share it and perhaps schedule, um, you know, and then, you know, when I get, when we get some time with um, the town council, we can certainly, there may be changes and modifications and there may be suggestions that we get from elected officials that might cause us to make some modifications. Rudy? I also wonder if we're going to wake any sleeping dogs. I mean, I wonder how many people, I don't even remember which boards get paid, but I, I would imagine there are people that were on the board of health for more than 10 years over the last, you know, who may not even know that now that they're 65 and retired, they could perhaps go on our town health insurance. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm stating this publicly and creating perhaps a bad situation, but I, I guess we're all thinking that, right? Yeah, there is a, there is a clause here that says who may at the discretion of the board of selectmen be provided. Um, and the policy is silent on, on um, retirement. So I, I think it's been hard to track down, you know, when did that sort of happen and how did that happen? Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's a number of risks, to be honest. There's that one. There's also the fact that as, um, you know, I think I, I think this group is a fairly informed group and none of us really were aware the, of the health insurance piece. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that has the potential to be a little bit of a vulnerability because it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, what, what's been 
happening here that we didn't, and, and I'm not saying that there was any intention to deceive anybody. That's not at all what my intent is, but I just think some people will be surprised. Like we've been voting compensation, but we didn't know that other things potentially came with it. So I, I do think that there are some risks. Um, I totally agree with you, Ruki. I think Charlie Duty just put us something in the chat that maybe his audio is not working. Ah. Is that Charlie, is it Charlie Duty? I was guessing that's who it was. Um, yes, and, and he said, um, the full quote here is, he'd be happy to bring the draft to the board to ensure we're working in concert and drafting a fair policy. Wonderful, Charlie. We really appreciate your cooperation you. on that. And I think um, if, if you feel like the timing is right for that, then we would do that and happy to, I'd be happy to, and I'm sure other um, board members would be happy to attend a select board meeting if that would be helpful to just talk it through a little bit in terms of, you know, because I, I want to be very clear about our intent here on things like grandfathering and, you know, to hold people harmless, but rather to move forward with um, a more equitable policy, or if we decide not to, we've done our diligence. <laughs> you know, we've investigated this and we know where we stand and it won't be for lack of like, why is it like this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and there may also be some additional fact finding. I did have a conversation today with someone who said, you know, I think something, you know, someone I, you know, I know may know more about this. And so, uh, you know, mm -hmm. welcome to get additional information if it's out there, so. Um, all right, that would be great. Thank you, Charlie, and thanks for sitting in with us today. It's it's appreciated. I know you many have have many evening meetings, so so it sounds like so that. Just, our uh, huh? mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt, Madam Chair. I just wanted to say, if everybody didn't see it, um, Charlie says I, I will add to an upcoming agenda when you are ready. Okay, so um, perhaps um, it might be. Um, I think we can be ready to get the draft policy out now so that we can give the, the select board a chance to sort of begin to look at it and digest it. Um, I think we have some questions to resolve about whether where the housing authority fits in or doesn't fit in. So we have more homework to do and that may involve legal counsel because we don't really, and, and uh, Charlie, you may be able to help us, but, and, and Randy, we may have to do, you know, kind of where the housing authority fits here given it's a little bit of a different type of board. Um, I think we wanna make sure we're in agreement on, on Blue Hills Regional that, um, that we probably wouldn't include that person, but if others feel differently, feel that there's an inequity, it is an elected official from Canton, um, you know, we can talk about that. Um, we can get on a future agenda at Seatown Council. So we have a few things to do before and then once we do those, then we could invite additional elected officials to come to a meeting. Um, I'm thinking we might be talking early March, um, just maybe late February. We can look at the calendar, Randy, and see what we've got, and Ellen, what we've got scheduled and how quickly we get on a select board agenda. So um, if, the, if the committee would be so inclined and let me kind of work through some timing on the things that we need to do, and then we can set a target date for, for to welcome any other elected officials to join us to provide us with input. Does that work? All right. All right, I think we have um, a game plan, which leaves us with two additional um, agenda items. One of them is old business, and I don't know if folks had a chance. Um, I am mindful of the hour. So I maybe see if we could defer that one more meeting to next week um, to 
uh, revisit our liaison assignments. Um, and so I'm going to defer that to next time. Um, there's probably nothing pressing between now and then that's going to happen and let us move on to approve some meeting minutes. Um, and so the first one we would have would be the finance committee meetings minutes from January 25th, um, which Randy has kindly put up on the screen. I wanted to check to see if um, other folks have had a chance to review that and um, are ready to vote or whether we need to defer that to next week. So anybody feel that we need to hold it or no? Okay. So Move to approve. Second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Oh, sorry. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, you're mute. Sorry about that, Madam Chair. I'll call the vote. Rookie. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Eight zero zero, unanimous, Madam Chair. And then I have one question relative to subcommittee minutes. Do those just get voted by the subcommittee or by the full committee? Or do we not define that out and come back to that next week? Yeah, I, I, I'm not clear on that one. That's a great question. Okay, so we will hold those minutes until next week and we'll get an answer to that question. Okay. Um, on that note, um, I'd like to suggest that we call the, that we adjourn and we have a motion to adjourn. So moved. Motion to adjourn. Second. So we, and Randy, can you call, call the vote? <laughs> yes, I can. I'm going to mix it up. Uh, Tim. Aye, aye. Maureen. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Rookie. Aye. Cindy. Aye. Dave. Aye. And Emilio. Aye. We are adjourned, Madam Chair. Thank you all. Very good. I do want to mention that um, I will probably not be here at the beginning of next week's meeting. So Amelia is going to get us uh, started. I think I'm on grandmother duty for a few hours. And, um, and then um, I also want to just thank CCTV for being here. I know from some emails we had that there's hockey games to be covered on the same day and a lot going on in our town. And so thanks for um, getting here for the parts that you can. And I know you're also following up with Ellen and Randy for recordings. So thank you. We appreciate your support. So take care, everybody. Have a good evening. What's good night. Good night. Bye -bye.